Um, now we have to like pretend to start a podcast again. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. It, it's kind of like one of those like weird things where like the le- like where the legend says that you only um, appear where you want to be when you don't realize where you are even or something like that. I have no idea what that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> do you do, do you have, do you do you want it? Do do you? <laughs> what is this, is this like the uh, Heisenberg uncertainty principle or something? No, it's just like there's usually it's like the like plot elements where it's like the the only way you find the thing you're looking for is like there's no like set way to find the thing and you just kind of find the thing by like losing track of where you are in the first place oh okay or like so it is the heisenberg uncertainty principle oh okay no i'm just it's not Uh, (laughs) i was like i don't feel like that's it but okay (laughs) no it's more it's like the um kind of like the room of requirement in harry potter i feel i I don't really remember harry potter that well but i feel like room the room of i don't know that at all oh (laughs) oh this is a great thing to talk about uh is it is it's like no, nah, yeah, no, nah, I got nothing. It's like but yeah, you, I know you you're can't find about. the room. It's the room. The room only appears when it recognizes someone in great need of the room. Hmm. I see. So it's like one of those things that you can't just go out and find. It finds you. Yeah. Okay. Just like our podcast. It do, we don't start the podcast. The podcast starts us <laughs> in Soviet Russia. Ah, yes. All right. Cool. Does that mean it started? Probably. All right, <laughs> welcome to Layer by Layer, a cubing podcast. It's a show, ostensibly, about... Nothing. Is it ostensibly a show, or is it ostensibly about Rubik's Cubes? Uh, I could buy either interpretation of our tagline. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought this was a show about nothing. Didn't we turn into Seinfeld like three episodes ago? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. You don't start Seinfeld. Seinfeld finds you. <laughs> Well, today is uh, not Thursday, July 23rd anymore. It is Wednesday, August 5th. Correct. And we're recording this show. If you want to talk about the show that we are currently recording, you can do so at https colon slash slash bluedit.com slash r slash layer by layer. Mm. Um, I didn't know we were on Bluedit now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're all about the Bluedit. Interesting. Hmm. It's been my favorite social media for a while now, and I just, you know, didn't think that, you know, we were ready for that step. I mean, if... Hmm. Uh, <laughs> there's got to be a joke here about, like, Redshift or something. Um, <laughs> all right. Or you can find us on Speed Solving at HTTPS. You just look it up. It's fine. Uh <laughs> Also, Sarah Olson made our wonderful logo. Yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. Did we do it? Is that the whole show? I think so. We don't have much to talk about today, do we? Yeah, we'll figure it out. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, this is the problem with COVID is you really start to run out of things to talk about when nothing goes on. Yeah. And the, I just like just got around to posting the last episode. So I don't know. We probably could have waited a little bit longer to record this for more stuff to happen, but... Yeah, it's been two weeks. Just yeah. go with it. Yeah, all right, all right. We, we, we can talk about things. Cubing is a thing. 
<laughs> that happens online now and not in person. But yes, indeed, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as do most most things. Kit, do you want to tell me about how you're bad at math? Follow up time. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So. You asked me a question last time about how unlikely it was to get those two Pira scrambles back to back. Let's just say that that, you know, it's probably something I should have prepared thinking about before starting the podcast, because it's like a (laughs) natural question to ask in that circumstance. (laughs) However, I did not even prepare that one bit. I didn't even know how many Pira states there were going into that episode. And I didn't even get that right when I was frantically looking it up to try to compute this probability while recording. I ended up looking up the number of pyraminx states on the Jing's pyraminx. <laughs> and then I attempted to divide that number by 64, like roughly, and ended up dividing it by roughly 6 instead because I missed <laughs> it by a power of 10. Um, and... I did the like dumb thing of saying to get two things in a row, you multiply the probability twice together when you don't need to do that because clearly the first thing is going to have, like it doesn't matter what scramble gets repeated twice in a row. Like there's always, I mean, unless it's the first scramble, like there's always going to be a scramble before it, unless it's the first scramble. Yeah. Right. And and you only care, you would only multiply them together if you cared about getting that particular state twice in a row. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So I did a lot of dumb things um, and that's okay. Um, (laughs) But it's not, not great, but it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, I think that um, I I am someone who teaches statistics and like (laughs) this does look weird from that perspective, but I'm human. I make mistakes. Uh, I do this all the time when I teach, too, honestly. I make a lot of mistakes when I teach. Um, (laughs) And it it just kind of happens sometimes. Um, It definitely happens when you are asked, especially, generally, I don't make mistakes on things that, like, I prepare to talk about within the class. But, man, when I I get questions that I'm not ready for, (laughs) um, weird things happen sometimes. Uh, And on a podcast, I... One thing I do to students that I can't do to, on a podcast is be like, all right, um, that is a great question. I need some time to think about that to give you a response. Like, it's not something <laughs> I could really do on a podcast. <laughs> I mean, I could have started from the beginning saying like, yeah, this isn't something I've really computed and then just kind of leave it at that. But, you know, <laughs> it's not very entertaining if I do I'll that. I'll tell you next episode. <laughs> yeah. Can you just wait two weeks for an answer? Like, what what would that be like in my like class if I just told a student like, yeah, you're gonna have to wait for the next episode uh, <laughs> of next time you next time you have a student ask a question, you should say you should listen to my podcast and I'll answer it there, and then we can have a segment where you answer questions from your students to get us a few more listeners. <laughs> oh, that's an awful idea. Uh, <laughs> It, like, breaks, like, like just so many good podcasting ideas and also is just, like, not a very private thing to do if you're, like, a student. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways. Could you, could you explain the homework question number five? Uh, I will. In approximately three weeks or months. <laughs> well, it depends on how long Andrew takes to edit it. <laughs> but the final's tomorrow. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, here's Andrew's phone number. Go talk to him. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but yeah, anyways, um, the real probability um, for this is much lower than what we stated to the point where it's 
unlikely, but definitely plausible. Okay. Wait, lower in the sense of... It's much easier to obtain. Okay. So So the odds are lower. The probability... Wait, no, I guess that the probability is higher, right? Yes. Yes. Odds lower equals probability higher. Odds higher? Wait. Yes. The numbers that you would use to describe the odds are lower. (laughs) Yeah, anyways, it's a more likely event. Uh, than what I described it to be. I'm just, now I'm screwing up things already. Um, <laughs> so, regardless, um, Pyramix does not have 3 million states. It has about 930,000 states ignoring tips. And it's weird to try to think, because, like, not all of... all. It's weird because, like, so, there's some that are possible, some that are not possible, and them, some that are possible only with certain sets of tips. Wait really yeah because the we filter out scrambles based on number of moves and tips are considered moves oh okay that's weird yeah so we we there's not a great way to like reduce that yeah (laughs) number to get it perfect but if we just assume it's like a bit of a um this is like a little bit it's gonna be a little more likely this because we can eliminate some states um, but at the same time, there will be some states that, like, if picked, there's they're less likely to come up because they're easier. And therefore, if you get, like, no tips on that state, that would get rejected. So, like, there are going to be some states that are going to be harder to match just because there are fewer options for them to be generated. That's such a small amount of states. Right. Like it's, so it's pretty ne- negligible. Yeah, it's pretty negligible. I think in, it's going to be. It's going to be close to basically 1 in 930,000, roughly. So something on the order of 10 to the negative, uh, almost 10 to the negative 7. Which, last episode, I said something around, like, 10 to the negative 12th, which is (laughs) ridiculously much more unlikely um, than the actual probability. And there were also some interesting notes from Ben um, about how, um, let's see, there were a lot of... um, or not a lot, but there were some duplicate matches within the same competition, but they've never been consecutive before. Said that the at Cubing USA Nationals 2017 PMX round one group six scramble two and the second extra scramble were the same. Yes, uh, so differing by two tips. Yeah, unlikely for that to ever come up. So yeah, that's and that, so this this has happened before, but you basically had to get two extras for it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, although, can you imagine how crazy that would be when that happens? Um, yeah, because like you would literally be out of extra scrambles and have to regenerate new ones. And they're likely to report that one is like, <laughs> this is the wrong scramble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, uh, let's see. It's group six scramble, too. So it depends on like where they got the extra. I, I could buy that. They probably wouldn't notice if if they were like getting extras for their fifth solve or something. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, like if say it would be really funny if they got scramble two. Mm-hmm. And then had to get an extra on it for some reasons, like replacing Scramble 2. Well, so they, they, they got the one their extra. second extra replacing Scramble right. 2. Right, yeah, so I guess, yeah, I guess they have the first extra on their first solve, and then... Yeah. So it's just like, no, this is the same Scramble. <laughs> I, I would venture a guess that it probably, that extra Scramble probably didn't even get used. Although, let's see, it was 2017, so I guess uh, we probably don't have scorecards for Nationals 2017 anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but it'd be funny to go look through, because the, all, they all have the group numbers marked on them. Um, so we could figure out if we had the scorecards if this scramble was used. <laughs> but I, I feel like getting the E2 is pretty unlikely in most groups. So my guess is that even though this happened, quote unquote, happened before, I don't think it actually happened. Yeah, this is like, this is the the... The Denmark competition is the 
first time it's happened that anyone probably had a chance to notice. Yeah. And of course, it was literally back to back, which is crazier yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, be in, I, I, it'd be pretty easy if we just assume that the one in nine hundred thirty thousand probability is the right probability. Be pretty, you, you could pretty easily um, get a probability for like getting any duplicates within a group, regardless mm-hmm. of consecutive or not. Have you done that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't, and I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> Because I want to make sure I would be right on that. <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure it would be just like a basic binomial probability. By, um, just for uh, the probability that like the count would be two or more with a binomial distribution on five trials with that probability. So, But yeah, I'm not going to compute it right now because I don't <laughs> want to be wrong on the internet. I do that, I do that on a regular basis without do, needing to do math. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, bad prediction of the day. Where have you been? Yeah. Uh, well, you do that intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Part of your purpose on this podcast is being wrong on the internet. That is uh, true. That is true. <laughs> Let's just say that it's probably not. St- it's probably going to still be incredibly unlikely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we have a large enough sample size at this point to say that it's quite un- uncommon. Yeah. Yeah, actually, the more I think about it, there's, I think, more nuance to... It wouldn't be five trials. It would be four trials i think because you with five scrambles if we assume no extras you obviously can't match on the first you only have four chances to get a match Hmm. okay uh but then it's actually more. but that's only matching with one of them right Right. it gets more complicated with each other yeah because you have more the more scrambles that there are the more that i don't know this is why i want to think about it more rather than like just stating my first idea because i already know (laughs) now it's wrong so yeah do you want to move out of follow-up now yeah yeah let's do it (laughs) Although actually, on the while we're on follow up, there were a lot of people who did your SEE event last week. Oh, or from last episode, I saw on the speed solving thread especially. So I thought that was cool. You came up with one that a lot of people could do, so they did it. Nice, yeah, yeah. Instead of like weird, strange ones like <laughs> <laughs> that require a go cube. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which we will talk about later. All right, so moving on to our topics. Yeah, mm, cakes, cakes. Hmm. Sweet bread. What a strange word. Sweet bread. Hmm. All right. Cool. I think we got enough mileage out of that topic last episode. So let's move on. Uh- <laughs> so another competition happened, Andrew. Where? Norway. Norway. Yeah. No way, man. Norway. Uh- <laughs> Norway. <laughs> so another interesting thing about it is that there were more pyraminks NRs. What? I know, right? my favorite one person got the average nr and another person got the single nr that's incredible i know two different nrs to talk about on this podcast unheard of incredible um an interesting thing too is that um the person who got the single nr got that same time twice in that average of 1.67 nice was it the same scramble (laughs) yes this one person (laughs) got the same time twice on the same scramble (laughs) Because I know that somebody ran out the same scramble accidentally twice. Uh, what's interesting, <laughs> is the, too, is the person who got um, NR average got very close, a 1.75 single. But it was on oh, wow. neither of the scrambles that the, the other person got 1.67 so, so this, on. This this group was just filled with easy scrambles. Seems like it, yeah. Um, basically, like if you look down the, the, the results like for scrambles one, two, and three, there are obviously going to be multiple groups of this, but you can see a lot of people who just did 
much better on Scramble 1, 2, and 3 <laughs> than they did on the last two. <laughs> so that's uh, curious. I, and I guess, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's a lot of people, but you could definitely like look through the times and see which people were in the same group as the people who finished in the top two. Yeah, nice. <laughs> or at least were more likely to have been. Mm-hmm. Especially because it seems like Scramble 3 was really easy, especially if you were in that group. Like, a lot of people that were averaging, like, you know, sevens or eights got, like, twos on that one. I don't know if I have really anything else much to say about it. I could try to attempt uh, to pronounce these Norwegian people's names that got the NRs, but they have, like, null sets in their name. <laughs> and I don't know how to pronounce a null set. <laughs> That's, like, the zero or the O with a slash through it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there's another Denmark competition also. There is another Denmark competition coming up. No, there also was one on oh. August 1st. Did I miss that? Were there Pyraminx NRs? <laughs> You're right, there was. I have to check if there were Pyra NRs. Although it's unlikely given that they just broke their longest standing one and it used to be a world record. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there were not Pyraminx NRs at this comp, unfortunately. Darn. I know, right? Were there any NRs? <laughs> Uh, it doesn't appear so. Um, Martin Agdal won most things. Mm, yes, as could be expected. Oh, no. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were not any national records at this comp. Martin did not sweep it either because Skub was an event and his brother uh, took Skub. <laughs> <laughs> not by much, but did did win Skub. So I guess comps are happening in Scandinavia because healthcare and yeah. good covid practices <laughs> yeah there's a few competitions scheduled to be coming up in various places but yeah it, it's it's not especially uh for most of the world it's going to be a much longer recovery time than anyone would like um yeah. for for competitions uh but man i just it's going to be interesting when you know things do start again um depending on mm -hmm. how things start i guess like because there's kind of two ways it happens like one it's like a slow return where people are still kind of like shell-shocked from it and i don't think this will happen for the u.s um but um like you get your cases down like it's possible to have like s gatherings again and you have a competition and some people are kind of not willing to go and others are more willing or it's like the vaccine approach where like a vaccine is out people take it like cases immediately disappear and like in that in that scenario do like you just have like enormous competitions that fill up immediately because everybody wants to go <laughs> yeah i don't know i feel like i feel like the more likely thing is the vaccine situation like you were saying especially because early on they were talking about how easy relatively easy this would be to find a vaccine for i don't know if that is still what they think yeah, whoever it's, these vaccine scientists are, but <laughs> they seemed optimistic early on, at least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's in their best business interest to be optimistic, though. So yeah, <laughs> that's the issue. Um, <laughs> but I'm I am personally optimistic just of how many like uh there are entering um clinical trials. Yeah. Um, like, I think there's six different companies that are either in or soon to be entering clinical trials right now. We're turning into a COVID podcast, I guess. <laughs> um, so just by sheer number, it's somewhat optimistic. But, um, you know, I, obviously <laughs> not like holding out and holding out. Uh, hold, uh, I have reserved hope <laughs> because and even know. when that even when that does happen, I don't know what the like response is going to be to it on <laughs> 
right. like a broad level. Like I don't know if people, even with the vaccine that is effective, I don't know if people are still going to be jumping at huge events right away. I'm sure some people will be because there already are some people doing that <laughs> despite everything. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I don't know if most people will be. It's interesting looking at the uh, World Cube Association competitions page. I was looking at it. I was like, oh, there's a lot of competitions coming up. But then I realized that like within one page, I have I see competitions planned for September 2021. And I'm like, that's not usual for this site. <laughs> usually I have like two weeks ahead or so on one page worth of right. <laughs> competitions. Well, and like usually there aren't even competitions that are announced that far out. But like what happened to a lot of organizers is like they couldn't cancel their event. <laughs> <laughs> but they were allowing them to sort of like reschedule and they're like okay i guess we'll pick the same date one year from now <laughs> yeah um and talk to you then if it's still not possible <laughs> <laughs> um so that's i think that's like kind of the main reason we have so many competitions like planned out so far in the future is just that they like they need to have the event at some point because the company won't let them. They're not letting them get out of the contract, but they will let them change the date. <laughs> so, kind of sketchy, but. Uh... So if you've been following my uh, streams, which you should, by the way, uh, I've been trying to learn algs most weeks, ZBLL specifically, and I've been using AlgDB for that. And I know that Jay McNeil just posted a video like today or like yesterday or something about algdb so but I, but trust me i've had this topic in our show notes for much longer than that so i'm going to talk about it anyway <laughs> um so i've been using algdb to get my algs mostly which is not the best source for zblls there are better sources out there um but mostly i just want like i actually what i'm looking for in algs tends to be a little bit different from what most people who learn these algs are, is is because i'm looking for things that i can learn a lot of quickly and then like eventually i'll go back and update them to like slightly better algs mm -hmm. um but right now i'm looking for things that i can remember more easily and like i can do mirrors and stuff um right. to ease the learning process and then once i've got them all then I can think about optimizing them. So, yeah, because you want to first like build sort of like the the ability to recognize and then immediately execute something. Yes, like when you build that's... that framework, it's easy to change the something. Yeah, it's just like oh, anything I learn at this point, as long as I'm learning something that isn't ridiculous, it's going to be saving me plenty of time. Uh, and it's just like micro optimizations, which might not even be worth it unless I put more practice than I'm willing to into them, because like. It might take me longer to remember what I'm doing and stuff like that. So I, I don't really mind using AlgDB for that because most of the Algs in AlgDB are like, if they aren't the fully optimized stuff, then they are the easier to learn stuff because that's like what people found first. So it's fine for that purpose. That being said, though, AlgDB is in a bad state right now because it doesn't really have anyone moderating it. Yeah. And it requires Algs to be approved before they can be submitted. And that no one's doing that. Like, I tried submitting an ALG recently, and it was like, this has already been submitted, but is pending approval. Hmm. And, yeah, so I have no idea how long it's been pending approval. They still haven't added it or anything, so um, it seems like no one's really paying attention to it. And the support email address that they have doesn't work anymore. So I tried emailing them about it, and it didn't work at all. It just returned, like, this this person doesn't exist that you're trying to email. Wasn't it wasn't it Statue Cork that made AlgDB? 
Yeah, I think originally, and then the cubicle bought it, I think, oh. um, where it like somehow came under the cubicle's control, but they don't seem to be doing anything with it, so. Interesting. Um, well, Statue yeah, worked the cubicle for a little bit, too, like, yeah. doing programming stuff for them, um, so that probably is a reason that came to be, to some extent, and then Statue d- stopped working for the cubicle, yeah, and it says, I don't know exactly what it means, but it says down in the corner, alecdb.net is made possible by the cubicle.us. No, that tells you how old it is, it's how long it's been since it's been touched, because... Yes. Oh, yeah, it is, .us, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're, the latest notes in their change log are from March 8th, 2018, so... Yeah. I mean, this is something that Jay touched on in his video, but it's, like, amazing that they don't have support for just, like, I don't know, looking at the ALG and determining if it is that case automatically. Yeah, which is very easy to do. Right. Like, (laughs) I mean, you have to do some, add some extra things in it, I guess, because it might make the case with, like, a different AUF or something. Especially, you know, like, just for cases that, like, I guess every alg, you know, there's different, depending on what side you apply it to, um, might make the case in a different, with, like, different colors or something. But it should be pretty easy to, like, you know, check for, like, you know, initial rotations or something. Yeah, basically. And it's it's an easy enough thing to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And really, somebody should just either get back to updating algdb and make it better mm-hmm. or just make their own thing which is also what Jay was saying, but again, I wanted to say it first. <laughs> <laughs> and by first, you mean two weeks-ish after Jay did by the time this is posted. Hey, you don't, you don't know that. I might edit it faster. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that's weird, too, about AlgDB is that the, um, the square one picture shows um, like the white and yellow side of a square one. <laughs> with the same arrangement of colors on the sides yeah so like if you were to fold that into like an actual square one it would have green where like the green and blue would be swapped right yeah yeah yeah. like that that immediately looks alarming to me when i see that picture <laughs> uh, so that's kind of interesting it's also like weird that like of all the puzzles that are on algdb you know we get three by three of course and like two by two sure small simple puzzle uh, square one yeah what <laughs> like <laughs> i guess square one is the puzzle that has like it's the most algorithmic based solves i guess like what other puzzles do you really use a ton of algorithms for yeah i guess but it's just funny too because all they have on square one is ep yeah <laughs> so it's not really doing that much yeah <laughs> like it really it seems like um two and three are the only ones that have like a decent amount of like alg sets yeah and it's it's also funny that for ol do you see how they display ol and pll like instead of giving the the top down like top face of the cube view oh. they give like the the f12 pair view that's awful <laughs> i know <laughs> do they not have a like they do they clearly have a view that shows like the stickers on the sides too yeah they just don't use it why so dumb (laughs) has it always been that way i don't think so i think that was a change at some point but i'm not sure when why would you change no idea (laughs) i don't get it it's it's a weird one Um, 
but yeah, like I said, ZBLL works well enough for my purposes, but definitely could use some work. I haven't really ever used AlgDB. I mean, I'm aware of it. I know of it. Like, it's there, but I I don't learn algs very often. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as, as we touched on. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think it's just such a good idea to have a central database where everyone can compare algorithms. Right. Uh, it's a little bit. It's a little bit tough because like people are stuck in their ways and they aren't going to like try out old algorithms, right? To like vote on them or whatever, or I mean, new algorithms to vote on. Yeah, them. Yeah, and it, it, and the pure voting system isn't going to reflect new trends very well. Yeah. Like um, VPerm, like everyone seems to have like pretty much changed their VPerm in the past year or so. Hmm. Uh, but like you know, if this website, like if you go to VPerm on this website, I haven't but i could i'd imagine that like (laughs) the new vperm everyone is using is not what's being upvoted because everyone previously already upvoted like what was like the old vperm yeah so it's not very it's not very good at changes to what people are using yeah Yeah, and lo and behold the the vperm that is the old one that is has the most votes is not really the one that people are using more frequently now yeah where even is the new one on this list also, now I have to remember how to do a VPerm, which I can't like do when I'm not think when I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I think it's fifth on the list. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's the alg. Yeah, it's so hard to like that's an out al- one of those algs that's hard for me to even think of the notation because it's like that one just like is such a feel a feel alg for me mm-hmm. <laughs> that I it like things like tperm I could spit out notation really quickly for it. Yeah, for some reason that one's easy to think about, but this, this is not. <laughs> right. I think it's just because there's so many familiar triggers in that one mm-hmm. that it's easy to spell it out, where this one does not have very familiar triggers anywhere in it, and like yeah. basically does domino reduction in the second half of it. <laughs> it's kind of a weird one to think about notation for, and I definitely, like when I have to slow down on that alg, I screw it up all the time. But yeah, so that's kind of one of the, I think that there, that's one main issue with like a voting system for algs. The other one too is I think that um, there are some algs that like, like for example, like if you were to add like three style in, I think that you would see a lot of people upvoting for some certain like three style cases, like um, algs that are simple to understand, but may not be like, you know, t- like optimal algs. Yeah, there's so many, there are so many weird cases that... It's like it's hard to believe that they're that's the correct way to execute it at first, but many good three blind solvers will be like, you know, no, that's definitely it. <laughs> right. So I'd imagine that for many cases, especially with three style, but maybe with other sets too, there'd be a big gap between what's popular and what is actually like optimal at a high level. So voting is not perfect for a couple reasons, but it's a good it, it's not a terrible place to start like in general like when you learn algs like it's pretty much recommended fairly universally that you should try a few before you settle on one particular one in the end you can leave people to make their own decisions but it's it is it is nice to have some initial filter to some extent for like what are at least seen as popular cases yeah and i think that just the the most important thing is just having the database of the algorithms there that way if somebody wants to like somebody who's really good and knows all the good algs they can be like here's my list and it's just a bunch of numbers to look up on algdb it's like use or, or like i don't know like case ids or something for the algs i don't know the, like the way algdb is right now it doesn't have anything like that but it would be nice to be like all right go to zbll h12 
and use algorithm like whatever and just have a way to navigate to that specific one in the database that it's all in a centralized source right. so you don't have to write out the full alg and just everyone knows where to look it up right right well it, we're kind of pipe dreaming at this point but <laughs> <laughs> doesn't seem doesn't seem that hard to make maybe i'll make it I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'll just make it myself i mean yeah. you made random go cube <laughs> apps so why not you know. Yeah, by the way, probably going to make more of those in the future. They aren't that hard. <laughs> At least to do simple stuff like like what I did where I was just like changing one move into another move. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be really nice to have honestly that that works normally just as a way to display your cube that doesn't have to go through a phone. Oh yeah. I mean, I could make that if you want. That that would be very easy. Yeah, I mean, I I I doesn't isn't there already a site there's got to be sites that do that already like does bluetooth.cubing.net do it doesn't that? do the ro- the cube rotations though at least i don't think uh, yeah. it does no i don't think so unless there's a i mean i don't do it that much that often anymore but when i do um if i ever do like fmc on stream it's really nice to like use a go cube and just let people see what i'm doing on the go cube but I don't really enjoy, uh, you know, having to do it through my phone and like have a tutorial screen open that just kind of shows the cube <laughs> and making that part of my layout. It, it, I will say, though, that um, when for whatever reason, uh, I don't know if it's a f- techn- like a technical limitation as far as the implementation, but or if it's something that could be improved in the future, mm-hmm. the move tracking is not as accurate when you connect to a computer to do it. Like, it, it'll miss moves a lot more often really? than it does on the GoCube app. Yeah. Weird. I definitely didn't experience that when I was playing with your app at all. N- uh, my app, if you if you want to see it, it complete. I, I don't know. Maybe this is just uh, the problem with how I implemented it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it totally freaks out if you do any kind of slice move. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that slice moves kind of freak out every app. That yeah, I've that's seen. true. But I have found that the GoCube app itself handles them, like, fine. Hmm. Uh, it doesn't get messed up that easily for me, whereas any when I'm connecting it to the computer, the slice moves get messed up very easily. And it's not just not just on my own thing where it uh, where it's, like, interpreting the moves differently. I wonder why that is. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess, I'd guess that it's because, like, what it's using to track the rotations is, like, in the center or something. And, and, and oh, the, I, I guess another part of it is that they don't have like an animation for a slice move. They only have an- animations for outer moves. So in order to do the slice move, it's like doing two animations simultaneously. I don't know why that messes up like the tracking, but I can understand why it messes up like what it looks like at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's only expecting you to do one outer move at a time. But yeah, to, to talk about my site actually a little bit, the, the it doesn't work exactly how I described it to you in the last episode where I like, uh, it said that it would like mirror on the RL and like basically it'd be like solving a cube in a mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't end up actually making it like that because currently there's no easy way to like get relative uh, move types. So like if, if I say do an R, it's, it treats that like an FMC or wood where it's like move the red side. So it, it doesn't like it can't really there's no easy way to track like wh- what is currently in front of you. Which, yeah, but that is also something that Lucas Garin said that he'd be were implementing eventually. So, yeah, hopefully, it, I, I think it's also hard real... because, like, the move, like, uh, at least in my experiences with GoCube, is that um, it's rotation detection. Like, the mo- if you keep rotating it over time, it kind of loses what you how you are holding it eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like it seems to drift the more it gets rotated over time. 
Yeah, that that's the reset orientation button is very important. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like it, you're dependent upon that to determine like what which way you're holding the cube. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it seems like it'd be kind of a hard thing to implement directly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so for now, it's going to be it's a lot easier to do things where you're talking about like moves as absolute value kind of things. But yeah, that that's why that's why the site works differently from how I described it last episode because gotcha. it's not really possible to implement the other way. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to SEE events. All right, all right. <laughs> so I um, saw a post on Reddit about a cuboid um, that I basically it basically showed a video of moves that I didn't realize that like a domino cube or the two by three by three could even do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen those before um that, so for the listener this is like most and this is just the way that most domino cubes work two by three by three again is it most really yeah um this has always been like a thing like i remember watching like like a really old red kb video where he showed doing this on a th- two by three by three mm-hmm. and this is a thing where you can turn the middle layer like halfway and then do a turn that you that doesn't look like it should be possible where it <laughs> rotates the so like you hold you hold the cube like flat and then you turn the middle layer halfway and then you can still do like u moves right despite basically like, like turning through the middle of the center basically like m prime u to m is possible yeah see i don't think my domino cube can do that really no what kind of domino cube do you have i got it like seven or eight years ago okay yeah, i don't know what type it is it was a prize i got at some competition it's 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 an older domino cube and i'm pretty sure it can't do that <laughs> interesting okay yeah but i, I definitely remember like old videos where people showed that happening <laughs> yeah because this is um and this is not like unique necessarily to two by three by three like you see a lot of cuboids where there are a lot of like unexpected moves that are possible on some and not on others where like because like basically the sides where you feel like you need to do like half turns to be able to make moves again some of them you can do quarter turns and just magically certain moves are possible yeah which doesn't seem like the intended way to solve the puzzle i feel like i feel like you could strictly define this mathematically somehow where it's like you have you have to have lines that line up basically (laughs) right no shape shifting yeah. Oh, I mean, there can be shape shifting, but it has to be like yeah, true, true. Like on on a f- like the, like I said, the lines have to <laughs> have to line up. <laughs> right. Yeah. So this is to me like a big problem because a lot of people want cuboids to be official. I see this as kind of a big barrier to them becoming official in some for some of these cuboids because it's really hard to know how th- they do moves yeah <laughs> um and like do you allow sir like if you for example make domino cube an event are you gonna allow these moves yeah and if you don't allow these moves then how do you enforce that and how do you know that like, to check a puzzle if per- it can do these moves or not yeah yeah it's pretty hard to spot it right so and the other thing too is that like especially with bigger cuboids like we might think that like these are all of the possible moves on this specific puzzle someone introduces mm-hmm. a new puzzle yeah, that does like new types of turns when you do quarter turns and they just kind of line up magically <laughs> um, and new moves are now possible on this puzzle that like weren't foreseen before. And like, how do you uh, it's just like it's impossible to 
check to see if the puzzle works as you think it's intended to, and especially impossible to encode, like, what makes a cuboid legal. Mm -hmm. Like, it should only be... I mean, there in the regulations, there are um, regs that state, like, that uh, a puzzle can't be legal if, like, quote-unquote, new moves are possible, I think is a phrase used in the guidelines. But then it's like, now you have to sort of define what is a move on that puzzle, too. Why isn't this a problem with our current uh, puzzles? Because, like, I can kind of see the argument that, like, a corner twist on a 3x3 presents the same problem. Yes, absolutely. That, like, because so, like, in the past, like, corner twisting, like, 10 years ago was not a problem on puzzles. Yeah. And as new puzzles came out, like, new moves became possible. I think that it, at least with corner twisting, like with with pure cubic puzzles, I think it's a little easier to sort of detect when, you know, a three by three has something weird going on with it. Um, I don't know if it's just a matter of familiarity, like everyone's just familiar with three by threes. Um, yeah. At least in terms of corner twisting, I think that's something that the community has sort of recognized and have has dealt with. Mm -hmm. Sort of out of necessity, like we couldn't, we can't enforce, like, we can't regulate, like, puzzles that corner twist are just not allowed, because, like, whether something corner twists is kind of subjective and relative to the tensions you're using on the puzzle. Mm -hmm. They've, I think that regulations had to be updated when corner twists kind of came about to, like, recognize that as a puzzle defect, make sure that, like, and have anyone who tries to use corner twists as a move, like basically fall under like intentionally causing a puzzle defect yeah which is not legal to do yeah so i think that um at least in that case like the regulations had to update to some extent but it's kind of weird in this case i like um like this original post was made like you know is this just asking if this was even a legal move in the first place yeah Doing... which i mean doesn't isn't really a question that makes sense to ask because yeah it's not there's nobody regulating right a two by two by three or a two by three by three yeah in my opinion which i made on this reddit post like i don't think that that should be considered a legal move on the two by two by three um at least the original inspiration of the cube as a domino cube didn't make those moves legal and like we even talk about domino reduction on a three by three is reducing to a domino <laughs> cube and like if you do those moves on a three by three you are breaking your domino temporarily you're not, I mean, I can kind of see the argument, like, I would consider those moves okay if you're doing a domino reduction <laughs> on a 3x3. Three three. Yeah, I mean, um, you're not, you're breaking it temporarily. Yeah, you're breaking and immediately restoring it. Right, right. Which actually, that reminds me of an entirely different discussion that I want to add to the show notes, yeah. but we'll talk about it probably <laughs> next episode. Okay. Uh, um, but to me, like, if you're solving a domino cube... Like, I mean, there's a lot of different moves on a three by three you can do that break and immediately restore um, a domino that are not even possible on these modern domino cubes. And to me, like doing these sorts of moves because hardware has made it possible is kind of like saying, well, corner twists are now legal because hardware has made it possible, mm -hmm. which is why I think why you brought that up in the first place. <laughs> Uh, yeah oh i actually didn't even see your comment on that oh. <laughs> but <laughs> that was just the first thing i thought of as well <laughs> interesting well we're on the same page here on this to some extent yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> but yeah it's kind of like a it, to me that makes this kind of a weird event to like cuboids in general just become sort of a weird event to add to the wca 
it seems difficult to me to figure out how do you regulate what moves are possible given that you know the moves that you can do are kind of circumstantial basically Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i I could see situations where like we can i I don't know if it would i don't know if it would be that hard necessarily to regulate them like we could just define a set of legal moves and then the problem would be just trying to spot somebody breaking them if they ever do and just like knowing to look out for it um yeah it seems like a mess just as yeah. hardware evolves it's, it's going to be an ever-changing list of moves yeah and people trying to make speed cube cuboids i can only imagine would, would make it worse because generally you, you would want those things to be less restrictive in order to allow you to turn faster and stuff which would probably open up more of these moves but yeah basically i think cuboids have a long road to ever becoming wca official and i only ever realized why that was the case when i saw this particular video uh you know what doesn't have a long road to becoming in a, 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 a as long of a road to becoming a WCA oh. event? Fifty dollar three by three relay. <laughs> Good one, <laughs> FTO baby. <laughs> oh, all right. Tell me about it. Oh, I don't know. I just I've been doing a lot of yeah, FTO. Okay, cool. It's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, we all know you're obsessed with FTO. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> it's fun. All right. Like, <laughs> do you actually think it could become an event? I think of anything that's not a currently a WCA event, I think it has the best chance. I still think like it needs more time to develop. Um, and I think that obviously it needs more time when WCA competitions are actually running to like be held yeah. like at competitions unofficially. Yeah. Is it an SEE event? Yet? It is. There was one competition pre pandemic that happened with like just Ben Streeter and Brandon Harnish, I think. <laughs> um before like kind of the craze really took off um i see it was still kind of in the like uh the only people that are do it are friends with ben streeter state uh uh it really more took off when like you know people were stuck at home and didn't have wca competitions to go to and didn't have as much motivation to do wca events Mm -hmm. that it really kind of took off nice but well we should we should hold that at some competitions at some oh i will whenever we can do that again i definitely will be when when we have in-person competitions i will be holding it as an see event <laughs> uh do you want to move on to our end segments yeah let's do it all right real quick what's the temperature in hollywood maryland maryland got any guesses for today Oh, do, was I supposed to guess? Yeah. Oh, I just looked it up. Oh, you looked it I... up? Darn. <laughs> I, I forgot this was a Don't guessing Don't you know game. that the new, the, new segment, the new segment is Kit Guesses the Weather in Hollywood, Maryland? Well, you asked me a question. I just decided to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say, oh, by the way, Kit, guess what the temperature in Hollywood, Maryland is. You just all asked right, me the right. question. <laughs> all right. Well, fine. I've got another thing for you then. Okay. Uh, don't look. When you Google the phrase Hollywood, Maryland weather, about how many results are there and how long does it take Google to retrieve that? Uh, 625 <laughs> results in point zero five eight seconds. Uh, you're off by a few orders of magnitude <laughs> on both of those. Um, I figured I was. I was just going for the memes. 
Yes, you you started well. It was, it's actually about six point five million results ah. in about zero point six two seconds. All right, so Google finds a lot more things and takes more time to do it than I imagine. <laughs> Got it. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Let's see what happens if I search it again. Ooh, it was faster that time. Ooh. I'm sensing a new SEE event. <laughs> what Google? <laughs> Googling. <laughs> Googling how to solve a Rubik's Cube. But not like... And getting Google's response. <laughs> just pressing enter five times and averaging... The... Yeah. <laughs> are, are we just going to like like have different search keywords compete? That's interesting. <laughs> like you, you have a group of people like submit like search keywords and then you see which of those <laughs> keywords has the best average of five. This is something to develop for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a ridiculous stream idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just having people like submit random <laughs> search keywords. <laughs> oh boy. Anyways. Um, let's talk about our SEE events. All right. So our events from last week, you had what I have dubbed the cheapskate three by three rally relay. Mm -hmm. I, I went ahead and attempted that. I did slightly better. I got a 45.202 average of five. Yeah. So inspections harder than I, than I, I think it is, I guess. Cause I thought you were going to do much better than that. No. Yeah. Inspection is pretty hard. I mean, a lot of it was that I used ZZ for the first solve and then CFOP for the others, which I'm already slightly worse at. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, because it's really hard to Z inspect for ZZ on three cubes. Yeah, so my best solve, which is the 40.39, um, that one I actually planned EO on two different cubes because it had really easy EOs on both. And actually, I, I on my second cube, I actually planned further ahead in inspection than I did on my first cube, which was funny. Um <laughs> because it was just a lot easier so if you're if you're a z if you do zz do you think when you do like cube relays like this like say you get just get like fill you level like eo recognition um, yeah do you think it's better to plan out all three of like the eo lines execute them all immediately and Ooh. then do all the solves i wasn't even thinking on that level but probably that is actually a good idea i probably should have done that because uh, i could do that i think you think you could plan out all three in 15 seconds and then just... Yeah, I think I could fairly easily do that with a little bit of practice. I would probably mess it up a few times the first times I tried it, but yeah. uh, um, I think I could do that fairly easily, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an ergonomic disadvantage to be picking up and putting down cubes so much, but... Yeah, yeah, so that that would be the trade-off. And I'm not that bad at CFOP, like... Right. I, I just, I get messed up on a few OLL cases, but I'm only like a second or two too slower with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was fine for me to just use CFOP for those, and I'm actually pretty good at no inspection CFOP, because that's pretty much the only time I ever do it. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so I came in slightly ahead of you on that one. How did you do on my GoCube mirror cube thing? So I got an average of 154.79. <laughs> Okay. Um, oh, and I actually forgot to put my own results in here. Now I'm realizing. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. there we go. Mine was one fifty nine seventy eight. Okay, so we were pretty close then, actually. Yeah. What do you say? One fifty four. One fifty four. Yeah. Yeah. My first solves were a lot worse, but I had a couple of good ones in there. Um, yeah. So I'll tell you about my approach for this. 
I f- found that doing cross and F2L weren't that bad. Mm-hmm. Basically, I ended up doing my F2L on like the D layer or like using D instead of U. And my brain could like eventually I got to the point like the first two solves were pretty bad. Um, but after that, I got to the point where I was like, OK, I'm, I've got it. Like I can do the F12. I mess up a few moves, but it's not that hard to just like, oh, I did like an L instead of an R. So just quickly undo that and do the other thing. F12 wasn't that bad. I got so messed up on last layer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, eventually, and I don't think I actually figured this out for the ones I did, but I was ba- so for these solves, I am. Because I did more after this. I was doing it on stream. For these solves, I did like the simplest last layer possible. I just did like fru rough, soon, uh, a perm or y perm, and then and then a, then I did u perms until it was solved. And I didn't even like think about what direction they were going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way I did it was by flipping the cube over and executing them on the D layer. Uh, but I hear from what you've told me, so f- from what you've told me before we started recording, yeah, you figured out more quickly what you actually should be doing (laughs) yeah so it was kind of by accident that i learned this so it just as a reminder like this is basically any move you do on one layer it executes it on the opposite layer so u moves become d moves l becomes r f becomes b um so the so here's what here's what happened when i hit connect on my cube the orientation it was in was yellow top blue front uh, but you're supposed to, like, technically connect it with white top green front. Yeah. Um, and the thing about doing that is when you, when you have it connected in, like, the orientation that's an X2 rotation away, um, when you start doing U moves, they are U moves. Except I think they're mirrored, so they're U prime. Yeah, because it doesn't just, uh, yeah, it doesn't just do, mir- it doesn't just do the move on the opposite face, it, uh. It does it in, like, the same direction. Right. Was the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, same direction. You're doing a U move, so it's doing D prime, but I did an X2, so it's doing U prime. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, So and it's kind of confusing. Like, I, I thought something was wrong with it, and I'm like, what is going on? Um, <laughs> and because, like, also the rotation tracking was messed up because it was in the wrong direction. Yeah, but I made basically the initial immediate realization that if you do an X two, you're just doing <laughs> the mirror of the case that you saw before doing the X two. Yep. So I did that a lot, where I would just basically, I think I, I pretty a lot of F twelve pairs. I agree, I was able to just do on like the D layer, mm-hmm. execute on D layer, and have it work as I was seeing it. Uh, but some of them, if they were like cases that took a few moves, I would just immediately rotate. And, like, envision the case mirrored in my mind and just do it. Like, execute it quickly. Yeah. So, I think I was able to figure that out quickly. I did get a couple decent times. Like, a, I didn't beat your best single. I did get a 134 by the end of it, though. Um, okay. And I think as time went on, I was doing less of the rotation in F2L to do execution. And it was, like, kind of getting a feel for it uh, as time went on. Um, I did have one unfortunate solve. The fourth one was going to be like ridiculously good, like like one teen something. But I started doing a G perm. Or I was supposed to start doing a G perm. And all of a sudden, for some reason, I was executing a V perm. And let's just say undoing your PLL execution. I was only like five moves in and I just could not do it. I screwed it up. I see. Uh, yeah, it's 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 very hard to envision how the algs work. Yeah. with this yeah. what, I, what i found especially interesting was 
making mistakes in the last layer, mm. they were much harder to fix than mistakes in the F12 for some reason. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. I don't know why, but like there's just some block where it's like, oh, I'm doing an LL alg, so this is R, and I'll do this alg. And then it's like, oh, okay, that was wrong. Let's just undo it. But then I would uh, try to undo it on the opposite face, which, of course, just does a different wrong move. Yep. And it's just all it's all wrong. Yeah, it, this really breaks your mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my best solve, which was quite a few solves later after I did this, was a 45-something. 44.799 looks like. And I have a clip of that on my uh, Twitch channel. But yeah, that basically just... That was a solve where my my last layer method happened to be the correct way to solve last layer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it really was just like... It was like fru roof and then a U-perm. And I just got it on the first try for both. So yeah. So my best overall was a 45. But my best of the actual five that I did for this this segment was 136 as you said yeah that's a it's a tough event i'm looking forward to making more maybe even like i'm trying to think of how i can make things that are even more brain breaking uh, <laughs> we'll see we'll see um so what's your new event this week well last week i did the mirror cube with a go cube now my event is the true mirror cube where you literally just solve a cube by looking in a mirror at it oh. uh, <laughs> So you basically like hide your view of the actual cube somehow and yeah. only do it by looking yeah, at the just, mirror. Yeah, just don't look at the cube in your hand. Like You don't have to set up anything fancy to not look at it. I guess it would work pretty well with like a harmonica holder kind of thing. And then yeah, you're like yeah, looking yeah. at it from the side. Um, yeah, but you... I didn't do anything fancy. Okay. Yeah, and turns out it's surprisingly difficult. Like It's a little bit easier. I'm not sure exactly why it's a little easier. Probably just because you don't have as many faces mirrored at a time it is really just like the rl mirror yeah there's also like a physical connection where you can see your hands and you understand which hand you're looking at too although that i don't think i ever figured out which hand was which i just (laughs) (laughs) that's funny Uh, like i don't know it's it was it's really hard like have you ever tried um I don't know, just, like, doing anything with your hands in a mirror is really difficult. Um, oh, I've, tr- I've tried this before. Like, I have tried solving a cube in a mirror, and I remember it being more difficult than I thought it would be. Yeah. The the especially hard thing was the cube rotations, because this then mm-hmm. reverses the cube rotations as well. Yep. Uh, and somehow these solves were better than the ones I did on my GoCube mirror cube thing. Um, I believe that. But they felt worse to be honest <laughs> like they they felt like i was just messing up every single move in them but they just somehow ended up being faster i don't really understand it <laughs> Alrighty. well i came up with this event literally as we started recording oh wait hold on i should say my average my oh, average sure. is 106.24 okay uh, for my mirror keep thing best self was a 57 okay well i'm definitely not gonna beat that well i may, maybe i will i don't know we'll see um, you, you might you might be able to. It felt really bad while I was doing the solves. Um, I, de- what I definitely won't do is I would definitely don't have times for my event because I okay. literally yeah. just came up with it while we were recording. Um, <laughs> so I will I will be re- revealing my times with Andrew on the next episode. But you know of the real man challenge, right? Yeah, where you scramble and you time your your scramble and solve of the cube. <laughs> yep. 
This is what I call the unreal man challenge. <laughs> okay. You don't just have to time the scramble. You have to and the solve. You have to also then time the reconstruction. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to never <laughs> never finish this event. <laughs> uh. um. And also a rule, too, is that you cannot, you have to finish the solve before you start the reconstruction. All right. Yeah, that's going to be so hard for me. I'm going to have to go really slow in the solve and try to remember what I'm doing because, <laughs> like, just recently I got, like, an 8.5 or something one-handed, and I was like, oh, man, I should reconstruct that. That was a really cool solve. And I was like, I know the first three moves, but after that I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think in general, like I'm pretty good at finding my solutions, but I'm really gonna have to like pay attention to what I'm doing more when I do this. Yeah, yeah. There's so many things where I'm like, I'm looking so far ahead in my solves at this point that thinking about like what are the first moves I do, I have no idea. Right, <laughs> like then, those just get forgotten so easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I if I'm doing, I don't know. I, man, it's gonna be take a long time to even do an average for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know if i can do an average of five for this we'll i'll see how long it takes me to do the first one i might stop at three we'll see <laughs> but yeah this yeah. is the unreal man challenge. that's a, that's a fun event i like it yeah <laughs> yeah the reason i got this idea it was like kind of like a chain reaction of ideas because mm -hmm. you said like something about like you moves only solves <laughs> where you like rotate and do you moves and i was like okay yeah. i was like that I, my, my mind was like thinking through this it's like that's an interesting idea and i was like well it's kind of hard to um like you know define when you're actually doing a you move yeah um and i was like but it'd be very easy to define it if you know you're doing it like on a virtual cube and i was mm -hmm. like what about reconstructing a solve with only using you moves <laughs> and i'm like what if you time your reconstruction Nice. All right, well, screw the U moves. What if we just time your reconstruction <laughs> and the solve? Yep. And there we are. <laughs> so, um, I had a chain reaction of ideas that led me to this one. Nice. Yeah. I'm glad my suggestion of U moves only was useful. <laughs> it was a good starting point, and then I basically threw it out. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. All right. Cool. Um, cool. 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 So, uh, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> that awkward <laughs> moment where we need to end an episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you think the title of this episode should be? I feel like there's something I said at some point, or you said. One of us said something. I was like, that would be a good title. I never I think remember. about this while we're recording, to be honest. <laughs> like, honestly, like, the, every time we do an episode, like, it is just a big blur that, like, <laughs> I finished, like, we finished the episode, I walk out of my room where I record, and I'm like, what did we talk about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, um, I don't know, like, I feel like uh, I occasionally listen to our own podcast, um, 
But every time I do, it's like, honestly, I might as well be listening to a podcast I didn't record almost because <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, this is a different experience when I'm not recording. It's not a giant blur and I can actually listen and enjoy to what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's always funny when, like, almost every episode, I send you, like, suggestions for the titles as I'm editing it. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know what any of these mean. Like, when did we say these things? Yep. <laughs> I, I think it's generally, like, 80% of the titles you send me, I'm like, we said that? <laughs> <laughs> did we actually say that on the internet? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm concerned, but okay. <laughs> Um, most of those titles that I get that reaction to, though, don't ever actually end up becoming the title. Yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> like, Sweet Bread is not one of those things of, like, did you really say that on the internet? <laughs> uh, by the way, is Hot Dog... You didn't, re- you didn't... Yeah, you didn't remember where it was from, though. <laughs> I did event- I did you, remember you it eventually. You out the entire cake cake discussion <laughs> yeah well I, I i at first at first i didn't remember it but then I, I started to remember once like i um was like looked at the other titles and tried to find like a common thread and i was like oh that's <laughs> right cakes okay by the way andrew is I, hot may- dog a sandwich no even though i said yes last episode <laughs> <laughs> 